0: Welcome to Blossoming Technologist, a podcast for young professionals in tech. I'm your host, Marissa, and before we get started, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. Whether this is the first episode you're hearing or you're a loyal listener, I am grateful to have you here. The outpouring of support from everyone since launching this podcast has been absolutely incredible. So thank you. Today we are joined by my friend, Mason. Mason Mahaffey is a PhD student in electrical engineering at Arizona State University. Though he's known from a young age that he wanted to work with solar energy, he still had to figure out what path would lead him to working with solar panels, eventually pursuing the intersection of electrical engineering and materials science. In this episode, we talk about a different kind of technology than my typical definition of software. This is the technology of the sun and the other tools that go into electrical engineering research. Mason has lots of great advice for current college students and his enthusiasm for his field is infectious. If you're considering a major in engineering, are passionate about the environment, or just wanna learn something new, this is the episode for you. Let's jump in.
1: My name is Mason Mahaffey and um, I like to call myself, especially at career fairs, the extroverted electrical engineer. I currently am a PhD student at Arizona State University where I study solar cells, particularly how to fabricate them and how to measure them both for quality, for efficiency, And just in general, my main interests are all related to this intersection of electrical engineering and material science that is renewable energy. Um, Outside of what I do at the university, uh, I'm really looking to be involved on the policy side of things. Um, And definitely I did not know that I would be here say, five years ago. It's definitely been a really interesting journey to to get this far.
0: So you say that you didn't know you'd be here five years ago um, and you attended Georgia Tech, which is where we met. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, I want to provide context for everyone listening. Marissa and I are very longtime friends. Um, I'm not even... So um, at Georgia Tech, there's this club called Circle K, uh, Marissa was president uh, at one point, and she was even a state wine leader at one point. And I'm forgetting if we even met when I was in high school, because we did, we had, did, yes, we did. <laughs> because I was looking. Um, so, so here I'll tell a little bit about my kind of like, like high school days, I guess. So I uh, knew that I was more or less probably going to go to Georgia Tech at that point. And I was involved in the high school version of this club, Circle K, which is called Key Club, a big national uh, high school service organization. And Georgia Tech was hosting kind of like a college session. And I'm pretty sure, yes, that is where we first met. (laughs) This has always been um, into helping people. And so it's really amazing she's been able to start this podcast. Um, Very happy.
0: Uh, It's like I paid you to say that, Mason. (laughs) You're my personal cheerleader.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I'm always, yeah. So, yeah. So that's one thing. That's a skill, honestly. That's something like to to learn is um, how how to represent um, your people, how to represent um, the organizations that you really care about. Marissa, you do that very well.
0: Uh, Thank you. I mean, you do too. I mean, we've yeah, we've done Circle K oh, like four years together, and you were always so enthusiastic and like, even with now we're talking about literally solar energy and you're so enthusiastic about solar energy and electrical engineering. Um, and so everything you do, you bring this enthusiasm to it, which is why I was so excited to talk about this. (laughs) Um, so Mm -hmm. going back to like you talked about high school. When you started school at Georgia Tech, did you have any preconceived notions about what your career in electrical engineering would look like?
1: Uh, absolutely. I definitely was. So so I'm always someone who's trying to think like a few steps ahead in terms of what is like my career going to look like? What does my cooking going to look like? You know, a- anything. And so when I was, when I first got to Georgia Tech, I really did not know all that much about what electrical engineering was. And so the the concept I had in my head was, well, you know, anything that allows me to get even close to a solar panel, I'll count as a win. And maybe I won't get like all the skill sets necessary to do X, Y, or Z job. But as long as I am in some way touching energy, that would be great. And you know, at the time um, when I was in high school, I had at one point um, thought about business. And so I was like, maybe I'll get an MBA. Maybe I'll do, you know, I'll, I'll help kind of this renewable energy push as like a business leader of some kind. And very quickly, I um, came to realize, well, not not very quickly, uh, about halfway through my time at Georgia Tech, I realized that, that wasn't going to be my path, just, just for a few reasons. I, I ended up really loving my electrical engineering courses and really loving kind of the scientific thinking about these things. Um, and that led me towards research. Uh, it led me towards thinking more about, what problems do i want to solve versus what skills do i want to have and and so yeah that that was a that was a big realization for me like about halfway through um, that allowed me to start to focus on solar cells and this technology more heavily.
0: So you mentioned like what problems you want to solve versus what skills you want to have. Uh, What specifically were, did you realize, like, was it that you wanted to focus on solar energy completely?
1: Yes, exactly. So um, yeah, so, so in high school, I got this nickname on the back of my senior year t-shirt solar panels because I just (laughs) loved solar I was obsessed. Um, I wanted to install solar on my house, wanted to install solar on the car, wanted to install, you know, just, I just thought it was so cool that you could have your own energy generation method. It might be a little expensive, and it definitely was back in 2015, 2014, more expensive than it is today. Um, But I just, I just really wanted to be able to like kind of almost tinker with it, harness it. And um, yeah, and and so when when I got to George's Hack, it was really just about harnessing that energy. It was just about, oh, you know, maybe I'll just build some electronics. Maybe I'll just um, kind of be this general electrical engineer and solar panels will just be some, some part of what I do, you know, maybe. So, so I got involved very early on at Georgia Tech on the Georgia Tech solar racing team. And so it was like, Oh, maybe I'll just be like a, like an automotive engineer and I'll work on electric cars and solar is this kind of like one part of making electric car even more green, or maybe, you know, just, just kind of like, Oh, I can be in this general space, but, I ended up during my time at Georgia Tech having a few industrial engineering related internships, internships in electronics factories in particular. And I realized during those internships that I, um, the electrical engineering skill set, one, would not get easily used if I was doing these kind of businessy jobs, these industrial jobs. And two, it would not keep me anywhere close to a solar panel. You know, the the kind of the dream um, that I would really have to be on my own. That I would go out and you know make make a name or make a something for myself um, that involves solar. And so, if I wanted to work on solar, kind of every day of my you know working life then I needed to make real hard turn towards just trying to build my career around solving those problems and not just being an electrical engineer. And so that's why earlier on, I kind of described uh, my my what I do as an intersection of electrical engineering and material science, because it ended up being that taking courses that kind of brought me closer towards material science ended up preparing me a lot better for what I'm doing today versus just general electronics.
0: It's so cool hearing you talk about this because it's so clear. You're so passionate about solar. And like, do you know when this started? Like you were just little and you just loved Solar so no, energy? Like, the, you so, were just like, the sun is so cool. Like, <laughs> what, what happened?
1: <laughs> so, so real. That, that's a great question. Um, okay, so, the way I remember this anyway, is that for most of my childhood, so I'm going to say, like, kindergarten through most of middle school, and even maybe my freshman year of high school, medicine- is what I wanted to do. And my dad is a doctor, and I spent a lot of time in his practice. I would like clean instruments, even. I would do, you know, I so I was I was very involved, honestly, in that. And it just seems like something that made sense. Um, but over time, I guess. Um, I was always very curious. I was really energetic. And I found that being a doctor, at least in this, my dad's sense was a very one place, one, you know, task kind of job. And so I wanted a career that would kind of be this bombastic thing. And I don't know, one day I must have Googled solar energy. And it was just this really interesting thought to me again of, oh, wow, you can sell energy back to the grid, you know, like that was a weird concept to me. You can have your own source of power. You know, I could, you know, just do so many things with that. And so for my 15th birthday, I go and I ask my parents for solar panels for my birthday and (laughs) I I get, and I get this. Yeah. And they very graciously got me a, 60 watt um, solar panel kit, and so if you 60 watts is about the same amount of energy as one light bulb, so <laughs> or maybe not, and it's enough to charge your phone, right? Definitely enough to charge your phone, and so that's what I did. Is I used this kit to charge my phone, and so yeah, but I was young, and I definitely didn't know what I was doing. And it definitely there might have been some sparks or two when I got things wrong. But I was just so like interested in that. And that really carried on and kind of set, set me off on this interest, right? But again, so whenever you first start to develop an interest in any career, whether it's software engineering or it's solar energy, you do not even know the tip of the ice you know the tip of the tip of the iceberg of what is possible in this career and um kind of like i was talking about earlier there are a lot of skills that you could develop and all of those skills might pertain in some way to solar energy If you want to dedicate yourself kind of in the future to just this one problem, which in my case was solar energy, I realized that I had to learn a lot of different skills in order to uh, make sure that I got those opportunities that I stood out, that I did as much as I could.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. I love the backstory. So we'll come back to solar energy, but with electrical engineering, I, so I'm a computer science major or was a computer science major. And honestly, I don't know much of what electrical engineering involves. So what does electrical engineering involve?
1: (laughs) Great, great question. So there are so many subfields of electrical engineering. It's ridiculous. So I would say first, probably the one that you, Marissa, are closest to is computer engineering. And so this is the engineering of building computers. So computers are extremely complex systems and the amount of insane... Both physics and math and communications protocol involved in making a computer work is mind boggling. So, that's a whole separate degree at Georgia Tech for those of you who don't know. So, if you're interested in electrical engineering because you like computers, or if that's something where someone listening is thinking, oh, I want to build computers, then computer engineering is most likely for you.
0: Yeah. How many different types of electrical engineering are there? Do you know? So
1: I'm going to say that there are about seven or eight really big subfields. And then there are probably dozens of crossover fields. Fields where um, you combine kind of the subjects you would learn in electrical engineering classes with the subjects that you would learn in another major. And you get a, a field that pops out. Um, so I'll just list off kind of the rest of the fields and then I'll describe how these would combine. So there's controls engineering. This is like, oh, I want to make my robot move extremely precisely. That that would be controls. It's all the math related to how do I move something electrically? How do I communicate with it and, and get it get it to move exactly where I want because physics makes things not perfect. Power engineering, so it's like all of the transmission lines, um, actually installing solar panels falls into this area of power engineering, Um, all the electronics needed to charge your phone, that's all power engineering. Um, Telecommunications, so like how do I, how do you radio? (laughs) <laughs> you know, how, how does how does one cell phone how does one like actually send a signal from one point to another and it gets received and that is so um, there's a professor at Georgia Tech who would call electromagnetics which is basically like the base of this uh, electromagic, because there's just two it's so weird all the math like you have to design antennas and they're there are all these weird Shapes and I oh I could go like forever in some of these. Um, there's <laughs> signal processing. Signal processing is actually a really big thing with computer science, um, Marissa, because the idea is that you have some digital signal, and you don't necessarily need all of the information, or maybe you want to ensure that the signal you're getting is quote, pure, like it's not um, destroyed by noise or you want to filter out noise, like all of that is signal processing. And that's really big again for like telecommunications, but it's also big in things like uh, quantitative finance. So you want to like, see a trend in the stock market you can do signal processing on it it's like this is the most math heavy these people are just wizards at math because of all of the kind of like signs and cosines and waves that you have to deal with um then there are just kind of two more general ones there's instrumentation which is just how do you measure Measure anything because most of our electronics are like, like, or most of our measurements that we do in any kind of scientific field these days involve electronics of some kind. And then there's literally just electronics. And this <laughs> is kind of the, kind of like the throw in of, oh, you have a resistor, you have, you know, an, like a battery, you have something else, you know, just make something very like simple or some, it does a task within another electronic system. There's a whole field. And then you can combine all of these fields with other fields and make new fields. And so solar cells um, is, is at least is kind of a combination of a few fields. It's a combination of electrical engineering Material science, because you need to make the solar cell. And for research, it's really important that you know what materials are going into your solar cell, because it basically determines everything that happens afterward. And there is some physics and kind of chemical engineering involved with what I do as well. Um, there are a bunch of other fields, but that's too much.
0: It's so fascinating to me. Like, I mean, the computer computer science as a field is, is similar to electrical engineering mm-hmm. in that there's just so many different paths that you can take and so many different things you can basically major in. And so when you were talking about that, I was just like, oh my, like, how do you know what to focus on when you're choosing electrical engineering? Like, how do you know that? Oh, I want to take this class. I want to learn this specific thing and go from there.
1: That's an amazing question. And to be honest, oh, that was difficult. That was the difficult part of my first few years at Georgia Tech was that I knew I wanted to get involved with solar like energy. That had been something that I wanted to do, but I didn't have the classes that really exposed me to what it took to build a solar cell until my third year at Georgia Tech. And only then did I even realize that that was a field that was common to electrical engineers or at least involved electrical engineers and that I could potentially do this for the rest of my life. And so early on, it was really a matter of getting involved on campus as much as I could with things like this. So I joined the Georgia Tech solar racing team. Um, And I got to work with solar cells, just using them in a car. You know, you don't you don't really build solar cells on your own because it's kind of like no one just goes and builds their own computer chips. Or if you do, it's just like wow, you're like that takes a lot of resources. And also, I talked to a lot of professors, and I just kept trying to figure out who was doing the most with solar in my area and trying to ask them questions and trying to just figure out what, what kind of got you closer to solar energy as your career and what took you farther away Um, or maybe what, what just even allowed you to interact sometimes, right? Because that was still part of what I was thinking about in my career. Long story short though, is just, I had to keep asking, and I had to keep kind of putting myself in situations where I could listen to others talk about these kinds of things and where I could ask a question. Um, and that's honestly one of the reasons why it took, it took until my third year.
0: And I think it's really reassuring to hear you say that, to hear you say, like, you're so passionate about this one field and yet you still didn't know right away. And so, like, it's okay being in college and not knowing what you want to do exactly. And you'll figure it out. Like, you just have to keep asking questions and find the right people and take some classes and just, like, keep questioning.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Just keep asking questions in high school you would not believe just like the amount of people who would tell me how that's not going to work. Oh, the solar panels, like really so expensive. Like, Oh, I would never install them on my house. They're ugly. (laughs) You know, just, just people um, kind of, kind of just saying, Oh, like, you know, why would you want to dedicate so much of your time to this? But I just had to keep going and eventually you find the people who are willing to say, yes, your, you know, dream matters. Yes. Those ideas are important. Yes. Like we need people like you to, you know, help push this field forward. Uh, And, and so really for whatever anyone listening wants to do, keep going and keep trying to find people it's the community that ends up really you know it takes a village for all of us and so i mean i know it took like four villages and so (laughs) like like, you know it's uh it's really important that you keep talking to people and you will eventually find your way towards what you want to do again everyone at different paces And I really just kind of want to, you know, kind of make a disclaimer on my own experiences too, I was definitely helped a lot by having a really like stable home life, having a really like great high school and being able to go to Georgia Tech, which is just like an amazing school. And so I just want to say like resources definitely help. But at the same time, if you utilize what you have, especially the internet which I think is just like the most powerful like tool possible at your disposal. You can learn so much so quickly.
0: Yeah. And I think it's also funny because like those people who are doubting you in high school, like one day, like you're going to come back, like you're probably going to innovate this field. You're going to become like, you're going to be Dr. Mahaffey. You're going to be doing all these crazy things and maybe solar panels will be cheaper and maybe it will be a standard.
1: Oh, they're so cheap now. They're, they're amazingly cheap now. And like, they're like, I, so I was looking at the statistics and solar energy right now is the cheapest form of electricity in the United States on average, just period. Like solar panels are what your energy provider should be installing, or they're not giving you the cheapest electricity, just period. And so that's like the, a really assuring thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And okay, that is a perfect segue into solar energy. And I, I understand that like we use solar panels to harness energy from the sun and like then we can power all of our electronics, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But like, what what is the technology behind that? How does that actually work? Can you tell me?
1: Okay, sure, um, okay. So solar energy is just insane. It is so not intuitive how it works. Did you know that more solar energy falls on the earth in one hour than we use in an entire year? This is crazy. Like the amount of energy, the sun is basically just like a bunch of nuclear bombs going off all at once. And I know, but it's, it's nuclear fusion. That's what makes the sun works, right? And we just happen to benefit, like plants benefit from that, or like we make vitamin D um, and there's a lot of energy though, in the visible light range that we, that we see, um, that just isn't being used um, in any kind of like meaningful way by like, you know, by plants or animals on the earth. And we can definitely use that. so scientists a long time ago figured out something called the photoelectric effect. Um, I think I think Einstein um, may have even gotten one of his no like like got his Nobel Prize from like helping to figure this out. And the idea is that atoms have electrons, and these electrons are kind of bound to the atom by a certain amount of energy. And when light hits atoms actually some of those electrons get knocked off more or less. They, they gain more energy. And so those electrons that get knocked off can actually be used in useful ways. Um, But you have to set it up so that you collect those electrons. So a lot of like every, almost everything that like sunlight touches experiences some form of the photoelectric effect, like, like a lot, like, you know, that's how photosynthesis works. That's how we're making vitamin D is that like, like chemical reactions are getting excited by like this light. Um, But they're not good electrically. They're not good conductors and they don't, like the electrons will really quickly find some way to kind of go back to a lower energy state, to go back to equilibrium without getting out of the material. And so kind of as a, solar cell, you know, fabricator even, or designer, you have to think about, okay, um, I need to have a material that will conduct electricity reasonably well and that my electrons will want to leave rather than go to some point in the cell that happens to be more like energetically favorable. And so that could be, so like, so, so most solar cells are made of silicon, and silicon happens to be the right material for a number of reasons that I really won't get into. Um, but we, you know, there there have been over time lots of problems related to material quality, related to how much light can even get into the cell in the first place related to the pieces of metal that you usually have to put or the conductive thing you have to put on the solar cell to get the electricity out. And so that's kind of what, um, what someone doing solar cell research is thinking about is, you know, all of these different problems and balancing them to make the quote best, you know, or perfect device possible.
0: So when you say solar cell, you're talking about like, the electrons or like uh, the okay, the so that's a great, panel.
1: <laughs> I mean, the solar panel. So so um, I'll explain some terminology. So solar cell is just like this usually like a square of material that absorbs light and turns it into electricity. We connect solar cells together. And form a solar panel and that solar panel because there are more like multiple solar cells produces more energy than one solar cell could on its own It's and for a number of reasons it's way better to connect solar cells together than to leave them individually as these like little squares that are no bigger than your head ever and so then you have a solar array, which is multiple solar panels, kind of all connected to each other, and th- like that's th- those solar rays make up like a solar power plant. And so then there's you know <laughs> megawatts of you know solar panels, like huge numbers of solar panels, usually sitting in a really sunny place.
0: Yeah. Oh my god. And so yeah.
1: that th- that's just some terminology to help people like understand what I mean when I say solar cell, and. One other thing to know is that solar cells don't have to be made of silicon. In fact, that's what a lot of research is being done on right now. And that's something that I'm involved in is helping to make solar cells out of different materials because silicon won't be the best solar cell material forever. We might hit actually pretty soon it's practical efficiency limit. So we might not be able to make it too much better without kind of hitting a wall just because of the limitations of physics, which is crazy. And so we might have to jump to new materials in order to keep up this progress of really great uh, solar technology.
0: Oh my gosh. So this is so fascinating to me because I think, my my idea of technology being a software developer is like computers, like building apps, building websites, like that kind of stuff, even design things. Like that's my idea, my little box of technology. Mm-hmm. And then when you're explaining this, it's interesting to think about technology in terms of like, how the world kind of interacts with like materials and making like literally making electricity. Uh, I've just never really thought of technology in that natural way of like the sun hitting panels and then like harnessing that electricity to then output stuff and better people. Um, it's just so cool.
1: Yeah. And one thing I do want to say though, is that so, so in terms of like skill sets that I have, right. So I use computers every day. The kinds of things that solar cell researchers do include like simulation of solar cells. So like coding up, like kind of kind of doing doing the problem, like mock solving the problem before you actually go and do it to make sure that you're doing it right. Um, and it involves coding tools and materials. So one thing that I'm working on is I'm working on a new way to measure solar cell material quality, and that involves me programming a tool, right? And I use uh, Python and C Sharp, and you know some some other programming languages to make that work. Um, and there there's definitely a lot of chemistry, like that, like solar cell researchers do. But yeah, technology is a very broad like term, and definitely. Even in computer science, you know, there there are ways of improving computer science, like making uh, faster chips for machine learning, right? And that's a huge field that a lot of electrical engineers end up, or at least electrical engineers I knew at Georgia Tech ended up jumping into was how do I make better hardware so people can do better machine learning? And so, yeah, technology And just like, like how we think about it. Um, So many ways, so, so many options.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I guess all of these innovations in terms of solar cells and this work you're doing, like why should people care about this? How does that affect them?
1: First, let's think about the environment. So some people might want to say that solar cells, you know, solar cells, like when you mine the materials definitely have an environmental impact but it is way better than coal or natural gas or oil in terms of the amount of carbon dioxide put out in the atmosphere. Um, and carbon dioxide content in the atmosphere is something that is measurably causing climate change. Like we can measure the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere today. Um, like pretty much anyone can go out and and run an experiment and measure this and see how it's affecting temperature over time. Also, though, you have to consider on like a personal level, or at least on a more like economic level, that solar energy today is kind of like the computer industry, where billions of chips are being made, solar cells, many, you know, like millions of solar cells are being made. And it's a very low margin industry, meaning that the solar cell gets made and it gets sold for relatively like, you know, it's the materials plus a little bit more. And so any contribution that we can make to decreasing that price of solar cells and making the solar cell manufacturing process less energy intensive, um, or just making the solar cell more efficient um, so that way you don't have to make as many of them ultimately reduces more CO2, reduces like the amount of energy needed, makes cheaper electricity um, and just, just in general does so many like great things to have more renewable energy. It's amazing how these like solar cell innovations end up finding their way into industry, a lot of research, um, you know, I, I, this is just one thing about the career of doing research is that sometimes your innovations won't make it into a, a real product. You'll be researching something and you'll find out something new about a material or about physics or about a process, but that might not see use in the real world. But in solar cell research, so much of what you do ends up either getting into a real you know product or getting seen by someone who is going to use that information to make like a real product. It's a very um, vibrant field because of the amount of interest people have in reducing climate change and in making like more electricity.
0: Yeah, so I'm curious to hear. Like, you're getting your PhD now, and I know a lot of that is research based. After you get your PhD, are you still hoping to uh, jump into research, or is there something else you're hoping to do?
1: That's a great question. I'm still figuring it out, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's it, You're only still figuring it out. This is my first semester of PhD, and it's being done in the fall of 2020. So COVID's still a thing, and I would say that right now. Solar cell research or solar cell manufacturing is definitely one part of the career that I eventually want to have. Another part of the career I eventually want to have is organizational or policy related, because I think that people need to have solar cells and have renewable energy on the front of their mind when they're making larger decisions. There are a lot of economic decisions, uh, political decisions that would end up having like really big impacts on whether you know renewable energy gets installed or whether renewable energy gets manufactured in the US, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's really it's really important to think about those issues. and I know that I want to help make sure that you know my community gets the most renewable energy possible. And that's going to take me being involved with policy in some way, shape, or form um, in the future. And so um, definitely I'm I'm trying to explore some options in the future. I know that National Science Foundation has a fellowship for people who have PhDs to go into policy. So, like a basically like a paid year where you're going to DC and you're learning about policy. Uh, But you're doing real work, so you're getting paid. Uh, But that just something like that might be really interesting.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, I Yeah, I definitely have never really thought about a lot of the policies pertaining to that. I know sometimes climate change and stuff like that comes up in this political cycle and everything going on. Um, So I actually want to ask about, I know you're involved with the Sunrise Movement. Could you tell a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So the Sunrise Movement is fighting to stop climate change and in the process, create millions of good jobs. And the basic way to think about it is that there are so many things that we could be putting our time into, our thought into um, as uh, like as a nation, and that can be severely, like, helped by, like, effective governance related to setting um, mandates for solar, creating more incentives to make more renewable energy infrastructure. The Sunrays Movement, though, is a youth movement. So people under 35, it's designed for you. It's designed to give you all a voice in climate change, on the Green New Deal, on these policy ideas that ultimately I think are going to majorly impact our future.
0: Yeah, thank you for that explanation. Um, I think that's really awesome. You're literally, you're going to like save the world one day. I cannot wait to see all the things you do.
1: (laughs) I'm excited for what the future holds. I would just say I still have things to work on, you know? I still, yeah, I still, you know, need to be a better writer. Part of getting a PhD and part of researching is writing, you know, writing research papers, writing grants, and ooh boy, I need to, you know, shape up on that. And I also am always looking to do better, like, time-wise, to make sure that I'm making the most effective use of my time Well, being, you know, healthy and being sane too, because that, that's so important, especially like, especially with COVID is that you don't have all your usual outlets. How are you going to make the most of your time and still take care of yourself and So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, those are all important things and what you said like we are all still works in progress. I I feel that so much too and I think quarantine has really shown me like oh man like I want to work on this, like I want to exercise more. I actually have been writing more and so like things like that picking up new skills like we're always going to be doing that. That's just That's how life is, but it's really cool still reflecting on like all the successes that you've already had and others who maybe are freshmen in college and they're like, whoa, like Mason, he's doing a PhD. Like when I heard you were doing a PhD, I was so impressed. (laughs) Um, Mm. And so it's a lot of just like always growing and changing and seeing what comes next. Like you never know.
1: And yeah, it's mostly just about putting yourself out in here In making the most of whatever resources you have, you know, everyone has their own, their own journey and their own mountains to climb on the way there.
0: Yeah. Um, And on that motivational moment, we're going to start wrapping up. So since we talked a lot about electrical engineering and solar energy, do you have any books or other resources that you recommend for people who are hoping to learn more about those topics?
1: Absolutely. Okay. So I have one book that I think is good. It's called Let It Shine by Perlin. And the idea behind this book is it's going through the whole history of solar energy, period. So it's starting from like, you know, the ancients, you know, and like making sundials, you know, like that is quote solar energy to solar cells today. And it does do a pretty decent job, like, scientifically, of explaining solar cells and of explaining kind of the recent history. Then, if you want a good website, pveducation.org is run by some professors at Arizona State. Um, Absolutely great, um, like, online reference text, basically. And then there's a podcast, the Freeing Energy podcast. So there is a former boss of mine at a very tiny internship that I had in the past um, who runs this podcast and he's making a book. But yeah, freeingenergy.com is where you need to go to get that podcast.
0: Amazing. (laughs) And then reflecting back on like your time in college and all that, like what is one piece of advice that you would give your college freshman self when figuring out your future career?
1: Don't settle until the very like last moment, right? So if you can keep trying to do better, do better. If your hand is entirely forced beyond, you know, means beyond your control. And if your values dictate that you have to go do something else, you know, then, you know, chase, chase your dreams, then okay, but keep chasing your dreams, just keep going, and you will find your way there.
0: You never know what's going to happen. You never know what opportunity is out there or like what could happen if you just give it a chance. Like, I think that makes so much sense. Like, don't settle for anything less than your dreams.
1: Exactly. And like, never be afraid to strike up a conversation with someone who you think has, you know, pertinent information to what you want to achieve. Most people if you tell them that you want to do what they are doing like in your future and you're coming from a place of less experience, they are going to be more than happy to at least share the sentiment to at least get to know your name and express kind of these things.
0: Um, I think that's so important. I'm, I'm reading a book right now called Reach Out by Molly Beck. And it's all about like how to network, how to like really actually network and just reach out to people and express your interests and just like get to know them and stuff. And it's really fascinating to hear about how this one woman like literally reaches out to one person every single day. And it's led to all these different opportunities in her life. So highly recommend if you're interested in that, that's been helping me with like reaching out to podcast people. (laughs) So just the last question, if people want to reach out to you and connect with you online, where can they do that?
1: Okay. So best place is my LinkedIn. Uh, My LinkedIn is Mason, Mahaffey, M-A-H-A-F-F-E-Y. Currently, I'm a doctoral student at Arizona State. And so it should be like first thing that comes up. Yeah,
0: I'll, I'll put a link to your LinkedIn in the show notes. So if people want to reach out, they can just click that and connect with you. But yeah, that's it. Thank you so much for being on Blossoming Technologist. I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Thank you, Marissa. This has been wonderful.
0: If you couldn't tell, talking to Mason was such a joy and I'm so thankful that he was able to share his journey on the podcast. I know I learned a ton about electrical engineering and solar energy and I hope you did too. If you did, let us know via social media by tagging Blossoming Technologist. Until next time, have a wonderful day and I'm looking forward to continuing to blossom together.